0: Episode 57, we're talking about Geelong's upcoming first finals encounter of 2020 against Port Adelaide in Adelaide. Teams have just dropped. Outcome Big Sav and Jack Stephen, both omitted. In come Reece Stanley. We finally have a Ruckman and Tom Atkins. Thoughts there, guys? In for. Port Adelaide come Ryan Burton, Tom Clorey and Zach Butters. Three very good ins there. Out come Woodcock, Lena, if no, playing some good footy. And Riley Bonner. So I think Port fans would be happy that they've got cover for Riley Bonner coming out now. <laughs> Thoughts there on the, the changes? No ruck rotator at half forward. The big one, first off. And no Jack Stephen, the second one. Zach and I'll here with me.
1: I'm generally pretty happy with the with the inclusions. Uh tends to be the case that when Stanley plays against Port Adelaide, he te- he seems to play rather well. I remember a game from some time ago now, a few seasons ago now. Uh I think it may have been a well and truly a breakout game for, for him at Geelong where he uh Dominated out of the ruck and was running out of the centre square with the second efforts that he's known to to do when he's in form. So it'll be good to see him back in the team. Atkins, we know what he's going to bring. It's that finals intensity. It's that finals pressure. A good tackling and full work around the, uh, the, around the contest. So good inclusions overall.
0: So, Zach, they seem to have gone with experience here. The last time when we played Port Adelaide, I think it was round 10 or round 11 from memory, the only changes that we've made were in that game Sam Simpson played and Lockie Fogarty played. We've included now Gary Ablett Jr. who's a handy inclusion and Luke Dowhouse.
2: Yeah, we have gone more I've got more experience. I mean, Fogarty is a good up and comer, not an experienced one. Sam Simpson Ollie would say is irreplaceable, but I love um, I love Atkins coming in because he, he's not he's not a flashy player, but you know what you're going to get from him. You're going to get pressure. You're going to get tackles. Chip in with a goal. So I like it. Sav's a really contentious one. I personally would have played him. However, you can see the argument for not playing him as well. So that's a little bit hard. They could swing a late change. Chris Scott has been known to do that, so possibly watch that space. Who knows what could happen? Jack Stephen, for me, is really disappointing. No no argument with him not being in the team. His form hasn't been good enough, but for me, it's just one nail in the coffin for the trade. I think it's, it hasn't delivered at all, as I've said, even though we didn't give much away to get him. I think overall, he's been pretty disappointing this year, really. If you were to
1: say that... You know, come the end of the year, he, he really hasn't done much in the way of a goal-kicking midfielder and, you know, has been prone to turning the ball over and making a few flaring um, errors every, every now and then. You'd be thinking, yeah, it probably wasn't the best idea. But the jury's still out for me. I, I'm not ready to necessarily totally write him off for the year. Um uh, but again, I do, like you... I do tend to agree that yeah, he he hasn't it hasn't worked perhaps as as we would like, but he's still made some valuable contributions. The Adelaide game in particular, and you know uh, bits and pieces bits and pieces throughout certain games. But again, I mean, you if you look at our trade period upcoming, I think. Mean... The
2: ramifications are quite large. Like you mentioned his ball use is a bit sloppy, his work rate, work rate, I'll spit it out, can be questioned as well. Wouldn't you rather someone like possibly a Charlie Constable if we were in a regular season, maybe uh a narc or like a younger player sort of be the one, you know, making those errors. I mean, there are a lot of young players who could who he's potentially holding back. So I reckon the ramifications are quite significant depending on what happens in the trade period also.
0: I think yeah. a lot of the yeah. time we've, throughout this podcast, he has had good games throughout the season. Um, and we even pointed that out, I think, in a, the the Sydney game, that his individual game with the ball, aside, aside from one Sydney player, he had more pressure acts than 21 other Sydney players. I think he was off the fifth or sixth down just due to the Cats yeah, pressure bunnies, but still he was he was providing that effort. So, and he is a a solid yeah, multiple time best and fairest of St Kilda, but the echo from early in the season that I'm hearing from Zach come round one is that you've recruited for the now. Yeah, you can say it's a pick in the forties and you're not giving up that much, but at the same time, the age demographic of the player. The type of player is one that we've called all season, needs to be played in the guts, in the inside mid, not on the outside. We have players such as Sam Simpson, Zach Tui is now playing on the wing. We, we've got players that can play outside. Jordan Clark's not even get a, getting a look out on the emergencies. and We know he can play outside through previous seasons. So it's a bit frustrating when after 17 rounds of football, excluding the bye round, and now come the big stage, finals, a so-called former star for another club isn't selected in first week of finals. And I know everyone's fit, but
1: I don't think that should really excuse. Yeah, if 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 he's as big a star as what, he was built to be at various times um, before he arrived at Geelong, for instance. You'd expect that he'd be in the best 22 for a lineup, and you'd want him in the best 22 for a, a final if he were a, a you know, blicking inside midfielder, which at his best he is. Am I putting That's
0: words like... in your mouth is that, Some? or?
2: Oh, some of it, yeah. And I mean, I, I don't like to be. Skeptical or negative, but yeah, just in my my opinion, and feel free to disagree. But but yeah, it has been a disappointment. I think it was picked. I think it was either forty five, fifty four. I don't know why I thought of those two numbers. I think that's about where it was. But you know, draft picks are, are are traded on for the following year or packaged together. So I mean, who knows what we could have done? That most likely wouldn't have been anything. But as I said, for me, I, I think the trade period will will tell if we were to lose. say uh, Quinton Narkle, for example, you think, well, you know, had he played in all of, you know, the games Stephen did in his place, could that have helped his development? Could that have helped him resign? You, you you, don't know too many hypotheticals. But, yeah, you know, like I said, you, you need to balance the, the need for the now, but also keeping some of these young players. And Narkel's going to be a, a ripping player, hopefully for us, not for someone else. Yeah. Come
0: 2021, Jack Stephen's going to be 31 mm. in March. And you look at, that's the, yeah, the, the other argument. Nyhul, Constable, Sam Simpson, uh, Brad Close is a, a late bloomer there. These players on the fringe that, and a few of them, that are potentially going to leave this upcoming trade period, There's it's a good argument there. So, it, especially when you have given games to Jack Stephen throughout the season. And it seems like it's been a, a game here and a mission or a, a, a injury of sorts, a game here and a mission of in, or injury of sorts, a game here. So we, we've we seen glimpses and bits of bobs. Now and then we've seen the ability to break a tackle and run and, and just accelerate 10, 15 metres and get it inside 50. But, We've been calling all season just to see this player, what he can do inside mid. Uh, it's kind of a catch-22 because we do have um, a plenty of inside mids with Cam Guthrie emerging this season as a second to danger when he plays there, our second best inside mid. Sam Mangola's had a great season. Mitch Duncan's had a great season. So it's Brandon Parford when you chuck him in there. Tom Atkins can even do a job inside. So it is tough. But at the same time, I'm I'm hearing you, Zach, when, when it comes to the recruitment table. Yeah, it may have been a Ryan Gamble. Yeah. Take off the Stephen Torga side. We've chosen not to play two out-and-out out big tall forwards if, you, if you're excluding Gary Rowan from it. A big tall forward. It, it, we know he's six foot three, he's a tall forward, but if you're excluding him as a, a tall forward. When we last played Port Adelaide, there was a, a term called Hawkins Island. And that term, months ago now, that's been obliterated. No longer exists. Teams know about that. For me, the the thinking was, all right, play Sav, so it takes a little bit away for Hawkins, just so someone, even if Sav doesn't kick goals, even if he doesn't get a lot of disposals, someone has to be accountable for Sav, someone has to be with him, because you know that if someone's gonna kick ball to him, if he's not gonna mark it, he's gonna bring it to ground, hopefully to a crummer. So, yeah, it it, it looks like we've pretty much gone in, with the exact same lineup and the exact same type of players that we previously played Port, where we pumped them by sixty points earlier in the season, where Sam Simpson and Fogarty have been changed, and Gary Ablett and Dalhouse come in for them, in a sense. Mm-hmm. I want to put it that way? Um, as you said, Zach. Regarding potential late change, worth noting that Brad Close, Jack Stephen, Sav and Zach, Zach Guthrie are sitting on the emergencies. Um, Geelong are known to make some late changes over the last few years, so we'll see what happens there. We won't completely write that out. Thoughts there, guys? In, in replace, in in the other side as well. Port Adelaide's team, they've got some really solid, good ins. Tom Clory, Zach Butters, Burton, Inford, yeah, Riley Bonner, who mm, I think all Port fans would be happy with that change right there. Woodcock, Lunnett's a tough one because he's been playing some decent footy, but you can't slot him in with the team that they have, really. So they come in with a, a... pretty stock standard looking lineup as expected i don't think Connor Rose played against us last time we played them don't think Burton played against us last time we played them but they look pretty full strength as well very very happy yeah. stanley is there it'll be interesting to see potentially mark blitzer how much of the ground he spends down back versus in the ruck or in the middle when you've got the likes of Scott Lyset, Laddams coming off the interchange, uh, if the ball's up forward, then yeah, obviously you've got a, a Rockman there in, in Charlie Dixon to do a bit of work. Um, even yeah. even Hawkins once,
1: will take that role.
0: Yeah, so they've got a lot of tall forwards, and um, and with that, some some speedsters and some quality. Veteran speedsters and small players, and Robbie Gray and Brad Ebert, along with uh, some young guns, Zach Butters and Connor kind of Rose and Dersma. So, a bit of a mix in this Port Adelaide squad. In the mid, looks like it'll maybe break even. Rocky, Boak, and Wines against Danger, Guthrie. And swing in a third there, whether you want yeah, Captain Courageous or whether you want Duncan or Menegola or you name it as the third option. But are we hoping to break even in the centre? What's the story of this one? Last time we played them, every single time we went forward, we just scored and they didn't have a a look in down back. Tactically, Zach... do we change too much or are we looking to pretty much implement what we did last time in Adelaide? I think
2: we, no, I, th- I think we largely forget about last time, because so much has changed you know, since then. I mean, we were sort of flying high when we played them last time. Now we've had a few bumps in the road, the Sydney game as far from convincing Richmond got the better of us. So, no doubt they'll be thinking that having the home-ground advantage is going to help them a little bit. And, you know, let them think that by all means. But look, don't underestimate what what experience can play in finals as well. Porter got some, some good young players, but most of them, even Tom Rodcliffe's never played the final as of yet. So while a lot of our guys haven't had that much success in finals, they've still played. So it wouldn't surprise me if they came out, maybe tried to rough them up a little bit, get a bit physical, you know. Something like that, just to get them off their game a little bit. Start's going to be massive if we can get a good start and take the crowd out of it, as you do in any game when you travel. In state. So that'll be crucial as well. I don't know. I just have a strange feeling Sav could be a late-in. I reckon watch that space. It really wouldn't surprise me if he came in. Because as you said, Ro, the accountability that he will attract to any defender who plays him is just really important. Like Gary Rowan will, but I think he, he's sort of the a player that the defenders have the impression, when it's in the defensive, when it's in the 50 or around it, you've got to watch him because he's just, he's off. He's mm. not not the best runner the other way. Whereas Stab, he'll go up, he'll crash the pack, he's a good mark, he's kicking where well, you take what you get. But he'll make a defender accountable and he'll make them fly up with him and probably attract a second one with him.
0: So mm. Whether know, it's, I, whether it's his, or it. Jonas, or Cleary, one of them will have to play on Sab if he's forward. Absolutely, and they'll be playing
2: on him every step of the way. So I just I get a sneaky feeling he could come in very late. I hope he doesn't because my multi doesn't have him, so hopefully not. Watch this,
1: <laughs> Ideally, we're hoping for a Hawkins Cleary matchup again, one on one. That'd be nice. See if you can get Hawkins one out throughout the night. But like you said, the start is important. The start for Geelong for, for recent finals has been the Achilles heel really. So yeah, if you if you look at like the, the Adelaide prelim in twenty seventeen they kicked I
2: think it was the first four or five and they were never really in with a chance after that. So you yeah, need to, keep, to get... break even or be in front at quarter time. You've got to be close. If you get blown out of the water, it's so difficult to come
1: back. Even last year even last year we weren't really in the contest too much. And uh, the Sydney game as well. So or the, the recent Sydney Freeland in, in uh, 2016, I believe. Um, mm. Same sort of scenario. So, you know, it is something that we have to be mindful of. But, you know, I, I do think the team, like we know they match up pretty well on um, Port Adelaide. So, there's going to have to be lots that they'll have to be mindful of against us. I think their, uh, their,
2: their defenders will be pretty nervous, as Ro said. I mean, the two players who didn't play last time, Luke Dowhouse and Gary Ablett, there they're going to make their defenders accountable, particularly number handy,
1: four. Handy small forwards, for sure. Very much so. Uh, and you've got Brian Myers there as well, who's always buzzing around. And when he has a good game, he can be a match winner, of course. We know this. And you know Rowan's going to give everything he has to every contest he gets to. It's just a matter of him getting to as many contests as he can and he, he, impacting he can. them... He's the with, X
2: factor, isn't
1: he? with the X factor and with, you know, just with the incredible uh, velocity that he can hit a contest with. Mm. Give credit to
0: Ports defenders since we last played them. I think Tom Jonas has been a standout this season in terms of fullbacks uh, across the competition. I think Dan Houston's done a really good job as well, second half of the season, along with. Darcy Byrne Jones, especially. So there's yeah. three, three right there out of the six. Yeah, well, they uh, Mackenzie as well. If you want to chuck him in, um, they ended up know. with AA.
1: Exactly. Yeah, they ended up AA conclusions, but uh, inclusions. So,
0: yeah, um, Tom Clary's named on the bench for this one. But we've talked about the the inside mids yet. Yeah, we're going to see a lot of Ollie Wines. We're going to see a lot of Tom Rockcliffe. Uh, We're going to see a lot of Boak. We're going to see a lot of Sam Powell, Pepper. So a lot of aggressiveness there. Robbie Gray alternating from forward to midfield as well. Uh, Amon and Dersmer on the wings. And then a mix between talls in Marshall and Dixon, along with the likes of Ebert, Butters, Rosé, Motlock up forward yeah. or Laddams yeah. as well, switching between up forward or or down back if needed and in the ruck between him and Scott Lyset. So it's a really well-rounded team. Um and the yeah. fact that they've managed to to add Rose and and Dersma um and Butters, these young guys to this team is a, a credit to Port Adelaide to where they were. In the the previous David Kosh sentiments that were shared to the public regarding the coach, to see where they are finished now as minor premiers um, and have a good run at the final. Fair play to
1: to to Port Adelaide. Yeah, it's they're been- a dangerous outfit, so we're going to have to be. You know, they they're always a, it's always a danger game against them, and you always know that their fans are rucial when they're in good form. Seem to jump off sometimes when they're not in good form, and they bring the cops out as usual. But uh, you know, when it comes to finals, big big games, the um, Port Adelaide finals have typically of recent history been heavily in our favour as Geelong fans. But you know, a, a new year is a is another story entirely. So ideally, we can uh, keep the momentum going in terms of. Dominating Port Adelaide in, in big games, but we're still going to have to be playing, if not at our best, some somewhere near our best for sure.
0: AFL reported that across the first 13 rounds of this season, so we played them round 12, the Cats allowed scores from just 36% of opposition inside 50s, meaning number one in the competition. And since then it's been 48% ranked 15th for the last five rounds. And that some of the opposition that we played the last five rounds, Sydney shouldn't have been a shoe in full stop. <laughs> Interesting for me how we deal with rebound 50s um, if they do manage to get it in there a lot. Interesting for me how long we spend with the ball as well. Just noting that this season we'd like to... Slow down the pace and move the ball laterally and then go inside. Um, yep. but if we do that this game as well, also interesting to me is yeah, Port Adelaide's clearance record is just, yeah fantastic, so it it's a hard one to to judge. Port have been the most no, the second most sorry efficient side going inside fifty in the whole league and if you're basing it on form since round 13 it doesn't spell well for us so that's why i think it's an interesting one not playing sab because if you are playing blitzarves in the rocket stages then you lose a key chess figure down back Mm -hmm. um yeah and just based on to being down back zach uh, am i reading too much into form here and the opposition that we played is, is it game by game or finals. simply finals is a different story this is finals are, finals
2: are, finals a different story look i really hope sad does plagues as you said all i said many times this time of the you've you got to play people in their traditional position mark licks best Footy has been played down back, no doubt about that. So for me, that's where he plays, barring a serious injury or or something like that. He's got to play down back. Sad will so make someone accountable. He can pinch hit in the ruck. I really hope he comes in late. So it'll be interesting. I hope that there's already talk the weather might come into it. Last time Chris Scott tried to read the weather, he got it absolutely wrong. So I hope he doesn't do that again, like he did with Collingwood. So just yeah, we'll we'll wait and see, but. Finals is very different and it seems like young teams, they can either, you either sink or swim there. Porter, a bit like Penrith are in the NRL at the moment, very young, very inexperienced, and there's only two ways it can go. They can just keep going, playing the way they're playing, and it works, or it could go the exact opposite. So it'll be quite interesting to see how they go. Yeah, either they run through us or they run into a roadblock. Look, they've been, they've been quite pretty literally. Cool. They've been pretty confident, but, but they're coming up against men. It's a bit like at school. If you get you know, a year three or four who thinks they're ahead you know, of the house, you'll send them up to the year sixes or sevens you know, to sort them out a little bit. So it's a bit like that for four. They're going to be coming up against bigger, stronger, more experienced guys. And again, they're either going to sink
0: or swim, and hopefully they sink. Yeah, for our sake, for sure. I've got two more worries to present to you guys. One is the time that Dangerfield spends forward compared to when we need him against high quality inside mid opposition in Boak, uh, Rocky, Gray, Wines, we need Danger in the mid for this game. So yeah, So you play you play Abler
1: forward then, wouldn't you? Of course.
0: Yeah. Majority punt the, the, the big marking horns that we've got in the forward line fall down to solely Hawkins and Rowan then? Is that a worry? And then secondly, does that mean that we just need to lower the eyes?
1: Probably lowering the eyes is is the smart option. Which we haven't done Um, in half the season. (laughs) Yeah, well that's, you know, we know we're playing well when we're lowering the eyes and spotting up those targets. Um, Or at least getting to the fall of the ball first when when we're um, not marking from from the long kicks you know, and kind of crowding the, the 50 and getting those repeat entries and and keeping it, you know, the ground balls are something that we pride ourselves on. Look, um, look Port, Port, Adelaide
2: have a, 50, so. Port Adelaide have an undersized defence. It's like going back to the Hawthorne games. How did we beat Hawthorne all those times? You stack your forward line. You always had Hawkins and Pod Adelaide, Adelaide back in the day back there. Get Hawkins and Sab there. They are very, they're very very undersized. Now, if they're going to go without, um, I was about to say, said, I mean, if they go without <laughs> Radical Lear, they are going to have to lower the eyes. And yeah, as you say, you'd want the hands and you'd want, oh, I cannot speed you want the ball in the hands of someone like a Mitch Duncan, a Sam Menegola, a Cam Guthrie, a Dangerfield, who should play every living second in the middle in this game. He's got to play in the midfield the
1: entire game. Yeah, I'd, not yeah, a half forward. I'd be, i be playing him. Yeah, a large portion of the game, if not the entire game, in in the midfield for sure. Uh, because he like this is a game. This is a type of scenario. This is a game that he lives and breathes for, and you know he can carry us on his back in a in a game such as this. Ideally, it won't all come down to him, but. Hopefully he has a, a good impact. Yeah, and look, this is
2: an inexperienced defence. They've had a pretty pushy draw. They've played a lot of games at home. But those are regular season games. You're going to get, what, I think there's about thirty, 30,000 they're going to have in. Yeah, most of the supporters will be theirs. But it's different. It, it, it's a completely different you know, kettle of fish. And if you get the ball in enough, they're under pressure and then the crowd gets nervous. It's
1: a completely different
2: kettle of fish to a regular
1: game. Yeah, is there going to be it? Is there going to be tension in the air? And, and, well, obviously there will be. The first few minutes you'd expect will be hot. So, you know, it's whoever adjusts quickest and it's whoever starts best.
2: And I'm wrapped. I'm really pleased that we are not favourites because Port Adelaide, they're going to think, yep, we're at home. We're going to have most people there. We're favourites. Some of them might think this is just going to happen for us, like what we famously did in 08. Yes,
1: yeah, and like, like we famously did in uh, 2013 with the home final as well against Freo, So, you know, these sorts of scenarios, you know, we've, we've probably got to come into the game with that uh boss line mentality of anywhere, anytime mm. on a thing.
0: It'll be an interesting week or an interesting fortnight for the Cats and Chris Scott after 10 years now and how we, we look at that tenure, which we already touched on and already discussed, uh, if you want to go and listen to the previous podcast. Yeah, just delving into a, a slight change of subject here, that looking at the Brad Crouch incident, we all know about now, Ollie, is it in a way beneficial for Geelong, in the sense that his trade value goes down because there's worries of sorts and you don't want drugs and afl at all mm. but at the same time it's how much does it impact if you are yeah if you are reprimanded if you are held accountable and i think cats fans are also naive potentially towards the o seven to eleven crew and some of the players there that are still involved with the club who have yeah
1: and we and we know of their history as well drugs
0: or alcohol as well
1: yeah, yeah we know of some of the some of the um misdemeanors and these sorts of things which are well publicized but um yeah you know, it's it's not unusual for for, for Footballers to do uh, these sorts of things in the off season. They're not geniuses, so but that's not necessarily. Uh, that's in no way condoning what what happened. You don't like to hear it. Um, it's a not a very sensible decision at all from a, a young man to to do such a thing. Um, but any know, man. These, I mean, these these things do happen. So. Um, I think to, to look to your question more specifically, um, well, clearly, it, if, if Geelong's interested at all, it's going to, uh, still interested at all, it's going to, obviously, lower his uh, his currency. So, would you'd, you'd expect that it I mean, as bad as it sounds, you'd expect it would help Geelong uh, to get the deal over the line for less, you know, we're not going to be giving up as much or not having to pay him as much. If any if anything this has hurt Brad Crouch's reputation and hurt his career and he would know that. It hasn't really hurt the Cats, you know, he's not a cat player, so it's, it's still on the Cats whether we decide whether we want him or not. I mean he's you know all things being equal, he's a talented footballer. He's just made a very bad decision that he deserves to be, um, you know, appropriately punished for and and, and all that sort of thing. But, uh, you know, I mean, it doesn't really relate to Geelong. It relates to Adelaide and it relates to Brad Crouch himself. And, you know, he has to kind of look in the mirror and earn back some respect. Or if he does move to another club, earn back the respect of that football club. And back some self-respect in a way as well. So, yeah. Just quickly, Zach, is that
0: theme of thinking, is that a little bit maybe changed in 2020 now? And we talk about, look at the past players we've had that, that won us the great premierships from 07 to 11 and look what they did off the field. When we, we can name quite a few with our fingers and our hands right here, whether it be drugs or alcohol, not to say that that is a good thing or should be allowed at all. And yeah, definitely 100% should be punished um, and should be put into the spotlight. But is it, is it amplified in 2020 now than it would be, say, 10 years ago? I think social media has an impact as well.
2: Social media has an impact. I think there's a certain portion of people who, as bad as this may sound, have said, Look, the players have been through so much this year with all the travel bubbles and and COVID and of course clearly letting your hair down and venting clearly getting the drugs isn't the way to go. But some may just say, Well, look, that's the choice he made. He made that choice because twenty twenty has been such a, a stressful year emotionally, not just for Brad Crouch, but for everybody. So some people tend to think that way but no doubt it's hurt his currency from what i've heard i think it'll help geelong as you said oh i'm i'm not fussed if it helps us let's just keep going but he'll either be the draft compo or a part of his salary i think will be reduced there's still a a firm interest in him from the club so that'll definitely keep proceeding no doubt about that so we'll just have to wait and see as to what happens? I believe Adelaide are going to stand firm with what they want in terms of their compensation, but um, reality might hit them depending on what comes out of the police report. I guess.
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll just see what we'll just see what happens. It's yeah, but like we said, it's not it's in no way ideal or should be um, advocated or anything along those lines. Um, so you know, the you just let the Cards fall as they may, and if he can earn back some semblance of respect, then I would assume that he would be welcome back to a football club that would take him. If that's Geelong, then so be it. If that's not, then so be it as well. And we'll sort out a way to, to get someone else talented to the football club.
0: Potentially, Jemery Cameron looking back into finally. The Port Adelaide Preview, 7.40 Australian Eastern Standard Time tomorrow, yeah. at this time of recording, meaning Thursday. <laughs> um, yep, respect paid to Todd Marshall, Charlie Dixon, uh, Lysette, or Laddams drifting to the forward line as well, Hendo, Blitz, Taylor, they'll have to be on their guide there, Stuart as well, along with Brad Ebert uh, and Dersmer and Rose and Robbie Gray floating in there as well. For me, um break even, break even at the clearances when we have possession,
1: efficiency is the key. Final words, final tips? Efficiency is always the key, and the start is the key, and getting the getting the uh, the crowd out of the contest as much as possible. Um and you do that through the start, and you do that through your pressure. So uh, we have every reason to feel they're you know, upbeat and positive and, and motivated for the game. So, I'm expecting a, a decent performance. We'll see if we can win.
0: Zach, final comments?
2: Unsettle these group of young kids who think it's all just going to fall in their lap. Get out, get physical, put them off their game and just walk all over them. That's I love
0: right. it. All right. Go Cats. Let's back. those Cats. It is finals time and as such... I want to give a quick shout-out to Ben Mitchell and his band project series, spelt as the suburb, TV full stop series, C-E-R-E-S, and his new track, Barrick On. Great one, coming into finals, slightly like the, the could-have-been champions. Give this one a listen.
3: 24. wake up early, excited. Dressing our colors united, we up to the G. See the cats away to the station and on to the special. At Jolly Montalite and electrical vibe, march side by side. My dad. Bounce till a final gong. Can the cats come on, long? Kick it straight and mark it strong. Go cats! We are Geelong. Dawn till dark, dark till dawn. By the the flag. 2020 wake up still excited dressed in our colors despite we're alone cheering from home each week away turn up the could have been champion work in the garden till grandstand is on The final gong. on, the cats, come on, Geelong. Pick it straight and mark it strong. Go, cats, we are Geelong, don't tell